What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Stovall. Thank you so much for joining me today. We've been working our way through our top 10 most played podcast episodes, and today is number two on that list, and it features Dave Buring from Lion Share, and he talks to us about how to hear God's voice, how to listen for the whispers of the Holy Spirit. I'm somebody who grew up in Alabama, in a Southern Baptist church, and I kind of had this fear of the Holy Spirit. And God really led me through a journey of blowing my mind about His Holy Spirit and how to let it change my life. Today's episode with Dave's wisdom about the Spirit was just equally as mind-blowing again for me. So I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. It's so good. Before we jump in, I got to let you know that we have a digital access pass where you can watch the 2021 National Disciple Making Forum. You can watch the four main stage sessions along with four main track sessions for only $79.99. That offer goes till December 31st of the end of this year, and it's almost Christmas, so your time is running out for that. Check the link in the show notes to go purchase that digital access pass. All right, let's listen into what Dave Buring has for us today. I hope that you enjoy it. Here we go. We want to welcome you to our uh, session. We're glad that you're here. We're going to get, get rolling on this. How's things been so far for you guys with your workshops? Good? Great. Good stuff? Good. Glad to hear that. So in this session, what we want to do is make it real practical, and we're going to talk about how do you disciple people to hear the voice of God? And for some of you that are here saying, I don't really care about that right now. It's, this is just for me. That's okay, too. All right? But we want to talk about this because... This is, a, this is an essential area in our fellowship of Jesus. Um, you're familiar with this portion of, of Scripture. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So... I grew up in a, a little background for me, I grew up in a Lutheran home in the state of Minnesota is where I spent a chunk of my, my upbringing years. And my paradigm as a, an 18-year-old heading off to Youth with a Mission, YWAM, was, you know, you hear from God through um, the scriptures, obviously, is the center point, it always will be that way, but that you also hear from God maybe through people or different things. But I just, as an 18-year-old, wasn't very aware of a lot of that. And so stepping into youth with a mission, I remember um, for the first time being taught about how do you hear God? Now, just so we're, we're making no um, mistakes here today, I do not have a pipeline to God. I still feel like a kindergartner, all right? So, so please don't assume we got some expert here talking to you. That would not be the right way to think about this. So all I want to do is take you on a little bit of the journey of what I've learned over the years on this and teams of people and my wife, Cheryl, and I, as we continue to lean into how do we hear from God? Because it's essential. It's essential that we hear from God. But if we don't cultivate that, then we kind of live life without paying attention to it. Now, I'm going to share with you um, here as we start a story that I think uh, you'll be able to identify with as well. Because you, you've heard from God. You have very, everybody in this room, you have heard from the Lord. Oftentimes, though, we don't recognize it. 
Let me illustrate this. So when Cheryl and I were living in northern Minnesota, we had had met married when we were missionaries with Youth of the Mission living in Hawaii. And we moved to uh, Minnesota in December from Hawaii. So that was either hearing from God or we were just idiots, one of the two. <laughs> and so, so we're back there and Cheryl... Um, you know, and I were used to the cold. I remember there was one particular day where they got on the radio and said, hey, make sure you bundle up because outside right now, the wind chill, it's 100 degrees below zero. If you've never been in that kind of cold, Cheryl defines it as when you breathe in, your nose hairs freeze, and when you breathe out, they thaw. That's what it feels like. <laughs> and so it was that kind of time of the year. And uh, I remember driving over to my mom and dad's, who just lived a couple of miles away. And as I'm driving into to the old long driveway, I just had this impression make sure you get fuel for your home today. It was as clear as a bell. I didn't hear it here, but in here, and I didn't hear it like I just said it to you. It was just there, the full sentence, just like that. And I remember noting that, and that was, that was kind of odd. Well, the next morning, Cheryl nudges me, and she says, honey, it's cold in here. And I, so I throw off the blankets, and I'm cold now, walking to look at the thermostat, and outside it's like 39 below, and inside it's like 30 and a half below, you know? <laughs> and I, I had a revelation. I heard from God yesterday. You see what I'm saying? That was the Holy Spirit putting something in my heart for me to be able to protect my own family. Do you know he cares about those kinds of things? He knows about, he, I didn't realize my fuel was so low. Well, in Minnesota, it's not a hard deal. This is part of the culture. So they had somebody out there that day and, you know, loaded the fuel into the big barrels in this old basement. And, you know, we were good to go within hours. We were fine. But I took away from that day, again, that sense of paying attention to when God's leading us. And sometimes that's where we, any one of us, myself or at the front of that line, we can get confused. And it's like, okay, is that God? Is that me? Is that the devil? Is that just a good idea versus God? Like, what is that? But I just want to encourage you to realize you've heard from the Lord. And I saw many of you nod your heads because it was like, oh, yeah, I connected the dots after the fact. And what the Lord wants us to learn to do is connect the dots on the front end, okay? Sometimes it gets risky. And that's one of the things that sometimes in our Christian faith, places we don't like to walk is in riskiness, if that's a word, all right? But there's times that God asks us to step out. Like I'll illustrate for you uh, something in my life that happened. So I'm speaking to a group of missionaries, about 30 of them. And the gentleman who was ahead of the uh, organization said, hey, Dave, can you make sure you're done at 2.30? And then I was going to be back the next day. So I'm looking at the clock. It's 20 minutes after 2. So I just start kind of winding down, you know, my thoughts and thinking, hey, tomorrow we'll cover, da, 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 da. Well, I'm, where I'm looking kind of over in this side of the room, there was a lady sitting there. And I've learned to pay attention to what I just call parentheses in, in my heart. It's like li- I'm living life like this, but all of a sudden, boop, I kind of run into this parentheses. And when I note that on the inside, I pay attention to the Lord wants to say something to me right now. Well, I'm in the middle of a message. I call these my pee in my pants moments. All right, because it's like, God, what are you asking me to do now in front of everybody? But I felt like the Lord wanted to put something in my heart for this lady. So I kept, I, nobody would have known what was going on internally, but I just, I said, hey, what's your name? And she told me her name. And it was once she told me her name, then there was the initial thought. 45 seconds to a minute max. But I just said, hey, I just, and I'm not a guy that says, you know, the Lord would say to you or thus saith the Lord. Can I just say, by the way, kind of get that out of your vocabulary? Here's why. Because if it's God, they know. 
you don't ha- you don't have to out of our out of your insecurity or mind say this is God to try to make you feel good about it and put weight. I have found that when you submit something and if they know it's the Lord, they know. All right. And so I'll I'll just say something like, hey, can I just submit a thought to you? And she said, sure you can. So I just shared this thought, and after about 30 seconds, I see tears just coming down her face. And I said, and I usually will say, hey, can I just ask, am I even in the ballpark here? And she said, yes, you said something to me I needed to hear. So I'm going pee in the pants moment averted, right? Until I turn and, and there's more space than this here, but there was a young lady, maybe 20, 22 years of age, sitting on the ground here, and I felt the same thing. And I was like, okay, Lord, I thought I was done. <laughs> and so I said, hey, what's your name? And she told me, and the Lord gave me a thought that I felt like I was supposed to share with, with her. And uh, as soon as I turn away, she shouts three times, no way, no way, no, like really loud. And we're all kind of looking at her like going, wait, like what's going on? <laughs> and, and you know how when Jesus does something in your life or for you're willing to tell on yourself? Here's what she said. She said, Dave, when you were giving that lady back there that impression you had, she said, I kept saying to myself and to the Lord, he's totally making this up. This has nothing to do with the Lord. And she said this, Jesus, if it's, re- if it's real, would you give me something right now? And she said, that's when you turn towards me. Now, of course, I didn't know any of this was going on. But here's the thing. I walked away with two equal emotions. One was, yes, thank you, Lord. And the other was, what if I chickened out? Because it was so impacting to her. She'll tell that story to her kids, to her grandchildren, until she goes to heaven. And I want to say to us, sometimes when we're not paying attention to when the Lord wants to put something there, or even more so like my situation, you know what you're supposed to do. And you're not willing to step out the hindering of the kingdom of God that can happen, if I could just say it that way. The, the not teaming with Jesus to go where he wanted to go can happen. Now, let me just say this, because I won't get probably back here today, but if you're, if you're hearing that and, and right now you're feeling convicted inside and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you with like this, with the finger saying, yeah, let's talk about that. Can I just encourage you before you go to sleep tonight, whether it's in a walk or you're in, driving home from the forum, <coughs> Lord, I repent. I own that. So what repentance means is I own it. Lord, I repent for not being faithful to that thing you put in my heart and just receive his forgiveness and say, God, from this day forward, give me the courage to step out when I believe it's you. Because one of the only ways you really know it's God is you have to step out. See, God, the way he made us, he loves putting us in places of dependence. Do you know that? God loves putting us in places of dependence. Why? So that we squirm? No, so that he can prove himself to us. But if you are so controlled in your life that I'm not going to let God put me in those kind of places, you never get to experience God like this. But it's being willing to say, okay, God, I'm going to put myself in that place where whatever you want to do, help me to learn how to hear you. Now, we're using this term voice very broadly. I've never heard a sound of God in my ears. I'm just talking about what, how does he lead us in here? Now, some of you might be able to say, no, I've heard him, and that's awesome. I haven't like that. All right, so that's not what I'm talking about today. So I'm going to use a frame because um, there are four pieces that I have found in my, my discipling of people. This is year 40 for me of doing this. And in my discipling of people, when I deal with this topic, I find that there are four key pieces. The last piece over here is going to be the ways God speaks. And that's where we're going to spend the majority of our time. But to help somebody 
be able to learn how to hear from God, there's, there's four different pieces that I think are important. So I'm just going to use a frame as an analogy here. And, the, and this first one has to do with people understanding the character of God. And there's four different ones here that I, I would just like to show you, all right, that have to be held in equal tension about what God is like. Because if you don't believe that God is a God that speaks, can I just say to you this, read your Bible. Because he's speaking all over the Bible. All right? And he hasn't stopped speaking. All right? And we need to understand that so we're being scripturally sound. But there's some dynamic tensions. And so there's four pieces. Or we could add others, but these are four that I've watched over the years. First, we need to realize he's a holy God to be feared above all else. Because when a holy God who's to be feared above all else speaks to you, there should be a little trembling inside of, the living God has taken the time to speak this to me. I best not take this lightly. Okay? When we look at our characters in Scripture, they, they don't blow off the voice of God. And when Jonah did, it came back around him for a second opportunity, which he at that point, after being in the belly of a whale, knew that God was holy and to be feared above all else. But we need to recognize that. That's the starting point. When a living God speaks to you, you need to pay attention. All right? The second one is, he's a loving father that shares life and counsel with us. He's a loving father that shares life and counsel. Do do you know that his attitude, God's attitude towards you is one of favor? As a grandfather, my little grandson, Baron, who's three, there's almost nothing he could do to get out of my favor. All right? Favor. And it's one of the things that we need to recognize is that when you wake up in the morning with bed head and bad breath, God looks at you with eyes of favor. He's a father that wants to share life and counsel with you. That's another tension here we need to hold. Here's another one. He's a good shepherd that guides his flock. He, he looks at you as a sheep that sometimes he maybe needs to do this and throw you up over his shoulder. And he recognized that as a shepherd, he desires to guide you as a part of his flock. So here's the holy reverenced one. Here's the father who loves and cares and wants to share counsel. Here's the shepherd that wants to guide and a faithful friend that walks alongside. Do you understand God wants to companion you? He wants to be with you in how you live your life and in every situation that you're in. God desires to companion you as well. And so if we don't believe these kinds of things about God, how in the world are we ever going to believe that he wants to actually take the time to talk to you? But he does. I mean, as a father, if I couldn't talk to Ryan and Malia, my son and daughter, who are now both in their 30s, how would that hinder my relationship with them as a dad or as my kids? He wants to speak to me. And I want you to understand that because many of us have grown up, probably like me, in an environment where the way that God speaks is the word. And you're going to see on my list when we get to the ways God speaks, that's primary. And the Holy Spirit will never lead you into something that's not grounded in the scriptures. And if he does, then there's a penalty flag there. Okay, He's not going to tell you when you are trying to lead a team, uh, a missions team, and you're waiting for funds to come in for that team, he's not going to say to you, George, I want you to go down to the bank And tonight I want you to rob it. And there's an abundance there to provide for your outreach team and many more. Hallelujah. He's not going to do that. That's where you could say, okay, the Bible says thou shalt not steal. So obviously that's not the Holy Spirit. All right. And we learn to discern that fairly quickly. Okay. So I just wanted you to understand that as you help people 
Learn to hear the voice of God. The greatest stumbling place that I find is what they actually believe about God. Okay? The, here's a phrase that folks in our world are used to me saying. It's that this. The image of God you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life. It's one of the reasons I'm working on a, a new devotional. And it's, it'll come out in January. And it's a 365-day uh, video devotional that you can have for two minutes on your phone each day. And we'll cover 100 attributes of God's character over a year. So each day is either three or four days long. The last thing, you bet. The image of God that you carry around in your heart and mind affects the way you live your daily life. And I believe that since we were born, the enemy has tried to target and to try to disfigure and distort the character of God. In my Bible, Sonia, can I reach? I can, all right. In my Bible, I'll show this to you since I've got it here. One of, the thing, one of the ways that I've tried to do this is I've highlighted every name, title, and attribute of God's character uh, in my Bible. So, for example, that's what it looks like. So, every time I run across one, I take my purple pencil and I highlight it. And as you can see, there's times that there's less, there's times that there's more. But all through my Bible, every name, title, and attribute of God's character. Why? Because I want it to scream at me so that I see him rightly. And I, I believe that one of the reasons that people often don't want to follow Jesus is because we don't reflect what he's really like. And I don't know about you, I, I don't really care much to be misrepresented. Can you imagine how misrepresented the God that you and I care about, love, and follow probably feels? And so, hearing the voice of God begins with understanding the character of God. So that you understand who he is and his approach to you and his love and his passion for you. All right. Secondly, it has to do with a hearing heart, cultivating a hearing heart. And we can get into a whole thing on this, but from the parable of the sower, all right, from the parable of the sower, one of the things that we need to understand is we need to cultivate hearing hearts. And as you might remember in the story, the sower sowed seed. And again, we can do, and I have done a whole message on this, but we've got about two minutes for this, all right? But the sower sows the seed, and as you remember, first it lands on hard soil. And when we consider a, a hard heart, it's, it's a heart that isn't cultivating or being aware of when God's even trying to speak to us. It's like, you know, th that pathway that is the, is the pathway where the seed landed was where the, the farmer would walk. And you know, when you tread over land over and over and over, it gets packed. And so there is no room for that seed to go in. And I'm not talking about a hard, rebellious heart. That's not what I mean. But what I mean is a heart that's not cultivated, it's not aware. And so we're missing what God's trying to show us. There's a second one, as you remember in the story, and it's a shallow heart. A shallow heart. It's, this is where it says in the scriptures, immediately they receive it with joy and they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. But then when tribulation, persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And sometimes we live with shallow hearts where, where when trouble comes or, oh no, what's going to happen? And we panic. Instead of leaning on God, we go running our own way. And the reason we're not hearing God is because we've cultivated a shallow heart. A third one, if, if you might remember, and this is one I see oftentimes with Amer Americans in particular, is a crowded heart. Let me read this to you. Others are sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word. 
And I would submit that one of the reasons as followers of Jesus we often don't hear from God is because we've allowed the cares of the world. Oh no, how's this going to happen? What are we going to do? The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things to choke out what God's trying to say to us. In other words, those things tend to be louder rather than God speaking to you. A crowded heart. And the last one, as you know in the story, is a fruitful heart. Good soil, who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold. And, and what's the difference? Here's the difference. It's hearing and obeying. That's what brings fruitfulness. It's hearing and bringing it into the process of our life of actually obeying what God is showing us. Whether it's you having a quiet time with your Bible and your devotional, the daily bread, you know, or whether it's, you know, whatever you're doing, or you're in the middle of the day and the Lord drops an impression in your heart. All right? So, so this, is, this is a piece I spend a lot of time with as well. As how, what kind of heart are you cultivating? Are you cultivating a clean heart? Uh, a heart that can be fruitful, that, that it's easy for God to drop things in? Or are you so crowded, God has to take a bullhorn, and even with that, and the jackhammer, and it's like, then, then we're just kind of going wow, there's some noise. I wonder what's going, you know? Here's, and I'm being dramatic, so I give you that. But here's how we want to cultivate our hearts so that all God has to do is this. He's just drawing breath in to begin to speak that we go, Lord, are you saying something? And I don't mean literally hearing that here, but beginning to recognize and hear when God's trying to say, I'm trying to say something to you here. Are you, are you tracking with me? Okay. So the hearing heart. Now, so for some of you that were with us yesterday, you... you we talked about this, and again, I just briefly want to touch on this. So the character of God, a hearing heart, like knowing the motive of God towards us and his heart for us, cultivating the ability inside to begin to hear. What kind of heart are we cultivating? And a third one here is obeying Jesus. Have you set your heart to obey, or as we said yesterday, do you negotiate it? Ah, it's like one of my options. And I just want to say to you, he is the Lord of the universe. We go back to that first attribute of God. He is holy above all and to be feared above all. Do you embrace in your heart, if God speaks it, I'm doing it. Now, yes, you need to ask God about timing. and different. Sure, fair enough. But do you have your heart that is set to obey right away? Or do you just negotiate with God? So we gave this illustration the other day, and I want to show this to you of of the process of transformation. Like, how do you help somebody obey the Lord? All right? And so I drew three circles here for a friend I was describing this to one day. And because he said, Dave, how do you bring transformation? And so let's call this one transformation. That's the aim. All right? Well, one of the things you and I need to realize, it's God's job to do the transforming. It's not yours and it's not mine. It's God's job. That's in his domain, not in yours and not in mine. All right? And God, as we know through the testimonies of people, brings great transformation. Well, then we started, so what's the process that brings here? The first one is, is I put an R there representing the word revelation. It all begins with revelation. Now, just so, because again, some of us say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, in the New Testament, the word for revelation means like the parting of curtains, where once I didn't see and now, oh, look at that. And now you see. Okay? So revelation is different than knowledge. Knowledge is a fact. Isn't it amazing that the whole book of Esther is written and God's name's, God's name's not even there once? That's a fact. That's not revelation. All right? There's, 
39 books of the old, 27. That's a fact. That's not revelation. We have been, let me just for a minute say this. The greatest hindrance to disciple making in our country is Bible studies. Not the Bible. Don't, do not mishear me. Not the Bible, but Bible studies. Because here's what we do. We open it up at 7 p.m., we close at 8, and nobody asks the questions, what did the Holy Spirit reveal to you, and how are you going to obey that in your life? So we have a bunch of people that know a lot about stuff of the Bible, but they are not obedient. We run across this a lot. We have people take our materials that we have and we've developed, and they'll call our office and they'll say, hey, how come the changes of discipleship aren't happening? And we'll say, well, how are you using it? Well, they're using it like a Bible study because that's the grid of our culture for the last 100 years. We said, so I will try to be fun and say, so I want you to imagine what it would be like to play a five-on-five basketball game, but you're replacing the basketball with a football. (laughs) <laughs> and you got to still dribble. The rules are still the same. You got to dribble. The ball's got to go in the hole. It changes the whole game. I said, what you're trying to do is use our material like a football trying to play basketball. You're trying to use it as a Bible. Now, you will get more Bible in there than most things you've ever gone through, but that's not the point of knowledge. The point is using the truth so the Holy Spirit can take that truth and reveal something to you. So what's Revelation. Revelation is, again, when the Holy Spirit parts the curtains and you're able to see something. For example, I said this yesterday. Maybe there's a bad relationship you have with your dad. And the Holy Spirit uses a message, a thought, a quiet timing, whatever. And you realize, I need to get this right with my dad. Or someone in your life, a relationship. And you know you're out of sorts. And the Bible tells us in Romans, as far as it depends on you, walk at peace with everyone. Well, we could probably just close this down right now and take out our notepads and we all could write, okay, I'm not at peace with them. The Holy Spirit's revealing something to you because out of his goodness and love for you, he wants you walking right with God and with other people. Revelation, there's these pieces to it. You know there's something you need to do with it. It it just doesn't sit there. It comes back to you. That's the Holy Spirit going, Dave, I love you. Dave, I love you. I want you to... I want you to see what I'm saying to you. But see, if you don't go back to the character of God and know that even when he convicts me of my own sin and selfishness, that you know he's doing out of love for you, we'll just run away and hide. That's why this is important, this first one. But revelation, you have to do something with it. And usually what it is, either you obey or disobey. This too is God's job. He does the heavy lifting. He's the revealer. Jesus said flesh and blood after, you know, Peter said, you're the Christ. You know, he had revelation of you're the Christ. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. You cannot make spiritual revelation happen. But the good news is you can position yourself for it. It's called a quiet time. It's called being at church, being in the word. It's being in worship. It's being in fellowship. You can position yourself so the Holy Spirit can come and land on the runway of your life and show you things. Are you tracking with me so far? Okay. What's our role? Our role is obedience. It's obedience. And by the way, you'll see this ROT. If you don't follow this process, you know what happens? You tend to rot spiritually. Okay? You can rot because, man, I know this stuff, but there's no life. Like, how many people do you know where they know the word like crazy, but there's no life? Nobody's saying, I want more of what you got. You guys, the devil knows the Bible really well. He's been around a long time, and he's not transformed. 
It's not knowledge of the Bible. Should we have knowledge? Yes. Do not misquote or mishear me. Let me be clear. We are supposed to know the word, but Jesus said in Matthew 7, if you hear my word and do it, obedience, you're a wise man. You know this verse. If you hear my word, same premise, he heard it. And don't do it, parentheses, disobedience. You're a foolish man. Jesus is after transformation. And if I could say it this way, obedience to what the Lord's revealing is the engine of transformation. The reason why people aren't being transformed is not, they're not obeying what God's showing them. Like, like, just think of the most simple part of this. How do you begin the change? You have revelation that I, I need Jesus in my life. You obey by giving your life to him and your life begins to be transformed. Abraham, leave your father's home. He obeys, transformation comes. Noah, build an ark. He obeys, transformation comes. Joshua, walk around the walls. He obeys. This is the pattern of Scripture. God revealing, it doesn't go the other way. I got a good idea. I'm going to ask God to bless it. It doesn't work. So if, you, if that's a habit of you, I say, God, I repent. I'm actually trying to make you my butler. Doesn't work that way. It's, it's if you don't know what you're supposed to do, get on your face and stay there day after day after day. Go back to it as you need to till you know from heaven what God has shown you to do. There's a phrase we used yesterday, what God initiates, he permeates. What I initiate, I have to sustain. And that's one of the reasons followers of Jesus, our disciples, are running around like chickens with their head cut off because they're trying to do a bunch of stuff for God that he never initiated them doing. Then we're worn out when it comes to the actual thing he asks us to do. I want you to catch this. See, this is all behind hearing God's voice. We're going to get into the practice here in a minute, but I want you to understand three quarters of the frame has to do with a pursuit of God himself, what he's really like so that you can see his heart and his attitudes towards you. He loves you. Do you know he likes to be with you? Yeah, well, I know he likes him. No, he likes you. He doesn't just love you. He likes, he made you. He likes the way you look. He likes your personality. He likes your gifts and he's wishing that you would stop comparing your gifts with somebody else. And he loves you. Like, guys, have you ever thought about what it's going to be like when we encounter Jesus in heaven? And when the first time you actually see his eyeballs looking into yours. Can I just say, it's a hobby horse of mine the last year or so, but do you ever just take time to enjoy God? Like, the only way I can describe it for me is I'm going through an experience, a fresh experience of being enjoyed in my life. And it's through my grandson's eyes. He enjoys his papa. And I've watched this, and Cheryl has commented to me about it, and the Lord said, that's how I want you to enjoy me. Do you enjoy God? Like, like I think of the people in this room that are on my team. Sonia's here, and Darren's back there, Kent's back there, Heather's back there, there's Jody. You know, some others of our team, I mean, I'm not seeing it here. But when I'm with each one of them, like I can enjoy having a really good conversation with Sonia and I can laugh with Sonia. With Darren, who's our executive director, I enjoy Darren. Darren's got a low-key, steady personality that I can count on. And we're both Minnesotans, so we cheer for the Vikings and we both hack away at golf. (laughs) 
you know, and I, and I could pick that on each, but see, I, I, I want to, life is too short not to pause to enjoy the people. And, and there's some of the friends, like my friend Rob Frazier, he was here in the last session. Rob and I pastored together for eight years, beginning almost 20 years ago. And so there's eight years of accumulation of memories and things like that, that, that go with each of these people I just described as well, that, that do you enjoy or do you just blow through life? Have you heard this? This is a total side note, but have you heard that um, they've done surveys over the years of people who are like well into their 70s and 80s, and they've said, if you could do life over, have you heard these before? And two of the answers that are, seem to always be consistent is, one, I should have taken more risks, and the second one is, I wish I would have developed more relationships with my family and friends. I mean, we could sit there with $10 million in the bank at 75, but if you don't have anybody to share it with, because you've just blown past relationships, see? Do you enjoy God? Well, see, when you enjoy God, see all this stuff, God, well, of course I want to position my heart to hear from you. Of course I want to obey what you, you've put in my heart, all right? So let's get to this part, how God speaks. Let's just talk about this, all right? How God speaks. So, when I'm doing this with a bunch of young adults and youth with a mission, I teach in youth with a mission schools about six weeks of the year. One of the ways I start is I usually just have a clean whiteboard and I'll say, so what are the ways we communicate in our world? All right? And so these are just some of the things that always end up there. And you can see everything from, you know, texting to TV to songs to ads, you know, the plane parking, you know, we, it's communicated. I just always see those guys because of my travel with the red sticks, you know. Um, lighthouses, colors. My wife is an artist. Paintings, stoplights, movies. I mean, th- these are the kinds of things that come up plus more of just different ways in the world that we communicate. And obviously, this is like a tiny starting point. <laughs> but one of the things that we need to realize is God wants to communicate with us, and he has a lot of ways to do so. There's a lot of ways that he can communicate with us, right? But he uniquely knows you. And there's ways that he wants to communicate with you. Now, there's four voices that we tend to hear. Cheryl and I, twice a year, we do prayer retreats as a couple. We've done this for many, many years. When our kids were little, it was harder for us to get away. So what we would do is like if we were on a family vacation, one of the things that Cheryl and I would do is we would take and um, like we knew our kids would enjoy a certain movie. And so we knew, okay, we got 90 minutes. And so we'd let them enjoy that movie. But for 90 minutes, we would be seeking the Lord in the other room about things. And so we had to kind of figure it out when our kids were younger. But as our kids got older, we'd get away and spend a couple of days on a retreat, relaxing. Cheryl didn't have to cook meals. She likes to go out to eat. So she got to do that for a couple of days and we had fun with it. But we would ask the Lord very specific questions. Lord, how... Like, for example, Lord, um, with my speaking schedule, with Cheryl's painting, and we just said, Lord, how do you, what do you want to say? Well, we walk through a process, and that process always begins with, Lord, is there anything in my heart that's not right before you? Because have you, have you noticed in human relationships, when things aren't right between people, you can't hear each other very well? The same thing applies in our walk with God, right? Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. That, that when there is, so we always begin with, is there anything in my heart? And then, and then with that is part B is between Cheryl and I as well. That's a part two. And I remember one day Cheryl said to me, honey, I didn't realize this as we were coming to the retreat, but I'm really mad at you. Revelation. Oh, really? <laughs> and I said, about what? And so she told me, and it was something I didn't realize I had done. And so I, you know, repented and said, honey, please forgive me. I, I didn't, I'm sorry. And, you know, we were good. 
And so we don't move on until we know here and here we're good. And so sometimes, depending on the season of your life, that might take the first day. All right? <clears throat> Shell and I try to keep close accounts. So usually for us, that's about the first half hour of just trying to check in. We try to keep close accounts here and here. But then once, whenever amount of time that takes on that given retreat, we get past it, then we recognize that there's four voices that we hear. Okay? Could we add to this? Of course we could. But if you, if you swell these out, you'll understand what I mean. There, there's your own thoughts. And for some of us, we aren't aligned scripturally in our thinking and we're thinking we're losers and God will use them and not me and I'm here, they're here. See, that, that's where we got to say, okay, God, you know, I, I'm going to crowd out my own opinions here. I'm going to just lay aside my own opinions. And, and I'm gonna, because there's nobody else around but Cheryl and I, we'll just say, and, and we silence the voice of other people around us. We're just not going to take that in right now. There's some wise counsel and we're going to park that there. We'll come back to it. But for right now, in this moment, we're going to lay aside that. And then we just resist the enemy. I mean, I'll just pray something or Cheryl might, you know, in the name of Jesus, enemy, stand down. You have no right to be here. We are children of God. You are not invited to this conversation in Jesus' name. Guess whose voice is left? God. That's simple. So we come like our three-year-old grandson. Simple. Without knowing a lot of answers. And it's just kind of real simple saying, so Father, here's Cheryl's art this year. What are you saying to us? What do you want to do with that this year? I mean, we've prayed about, you know, um, anniversary trips. We've prayed about all kinds of things just to say, Lord, what are you saying to us? And we wait on the Lord. And it's usually quiet for three, four, five minutes. And we can tell when we're done because we're looking at each other. And so one of us will say, well, what'd you get? And Cheryl might share, and then I might share, and we share back and forth like, okay, well, that's about 80% of what we were looking for. Great. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for that. Lord, what about this other 20%? And until we hear from the Lord, we won't move forward on it. That's kind of our game plan. And, and we have to, so we have to have two things, hear from the Lord and be in agreement. I shared yesterday, and I see faces here that weren't here yesterday, so I'll use this illustration. So about five years ago, I felt like I was ready to move. Just still in our area here in Franklin, but we had a home that we'd raised our kids in. They were both out of the house, and I'm not like the best maintenance guy. Like, I'm responsible, but it's like if I screw a light bulb in, I'm an electrical engineer in my home, all right? And so so I was just kind of done with dealing with all the 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 outside of the home and the yard and all that. So I shared that with Cheryl and she looked at me and she said, I understand what you're saying. I'm just not there. I'm not there. So I've learned over the years, that's not the time to say, woman, get on the white horse. I'm riding, following the Lord. You know, that, that never works. It's not the way to handle it. And what I've learned in my marriage, and, and meaning learned, meaning I didn't know this, I've had to grow into it is that I tend to be the one that will see the vision of where it needs to go, but God always uses Cheryl as the governor of timing. And you'll see me hear, hear me say this later, that God's timing is just as important as his direction. So you know that God's timing is just as important for his direction. So when Cheryl said to me, I'm just not there, I didn't get upset. I just realized, okay, I'm probably hearing right, but my timing's off. Three years go by. Every once in a while we check in, but three years goes by, in January of 16, Cheryl says to me in our prayer thing, I think there's something to this now. And I'm kind of in that place. I think that, I said, really? And she said, yeah. So we begin to pray. Well, then in June of last year of 16, we were um, speaking somewhere in D.C. and a friend in Annapolis let us use a place that they had 
for our prayer retreat. So Cheryl and I are praying, and we, I said, honey, are you at a place where, where we should ask the Lord about this? And she said, I am. So we did. So we went through the process. I just told you, and we said, Lord, are you asking something of us of moving? It's not like, we want to move. Would you show us where? It wasn't that. God, are you saying something? Because for the first time, we're kind of united in the pursuit of this. We're waiting on the Lord. Three, four minutes goes by. I said, hun, what'd you get? And she said, I got that we're supposed to put our home up for sale next spring. Spring of 17. She said, what'd you get? I said, I got that we need to be ready to move in the summer. And can I tell you, May 6th, we put our home up for sale this year, spring. 12 days later, it sold. We moved September 12th, the end of, us, end of summer. God cares about me and my wife and my little house. How much more does he care about other things of the kingdom? There's a simplicity to hearing the voice of, don't make it hard. Like I said, remember in the initial illustration about get fuel for your mere home, oftentimes we recognize it after the fact. And it's learning to recognize it in the front and then taking the step. And can I just say this? Because I screw up. I miss it. And when I miss it with somebody, I just need to say to them, you know what? I missed it. Because here's the worst thing that can happen is I have to humble myself. And why is that never not a good thing? That's character growth in my life. But unless you're willing to step out and try it, you never know what God may do. I want to take a quick break and tell you about something cool happening over at discipleship.org. It's our discipleship.org collective. It's an online community for disciples and disciple makers. And if you fit in either one of those categories, then the collective is designed just for you. The website itself is super cool because it's basically like stepping into a virtual church building with a welcome center, an auditorium for our main events, and even classrooms. Right now, you can get free access to this collective with all of its webinars, seminars, ebooks, and even disciple making assessments for you personally or for your whole church. And this is a community, so you can also have the opportunity to connect with other disciple makers. And while membership is free, there's also a premium access option, which includes courses, certifications, and online gatherings with other leaders from around the world. So head on over to discipleship.org slash collective and sign up for your free membership today. Okay, so let me get into some practical things. How does God speak to us? What I'm going to do is, this is not meant to be exhaustive. So please don't view it as that, but rather kind of seven, I believe it's seven umbrellas by which scripturally we see, you know, how the Lord speaks to us. And by the way, um, if you, uh, in our discipleship journey manual, that is kind of our discipleship tool that we use. There's a whole chapter on this, on hearing the voice of God. And tomorrow, or not tomorrow, this afternoon, uh, in our last session, Kent Chevalier, who's part of our team and a pastor from Pittsburgh, he's going to do a live demonstration of how do you lead people into obeying what God's revealing to them. So we're going to have a, like a small group where what we've done is ask them to read a certain portion on hearing the voice of God from chapter 5, but they haven't compared notes. So it's going to literally be a live group demonstration of, of what did you learn, how did the Lord speak to you, all that kind of thing. But if, you, if you're wanting to take some of this and dive deeper, take a peek at this because that's where the content is. That's where I'm drawing from, all right? So through the scriptures, you and I know that God speaks to us through his word. It's called the word. Isn't that interesting? 
because it's meant to be something that's God communicating with us. It's not, we, sometimes we don't think, well, if we just used to call it the Bible or the word. Well, it's the word, God's conversation with us, okay? We know 2 Timothy 3, all scripture is God-breathed by God, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that, that the man of God, the woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Joshua 1, we're to meditate on it day and night, all right? So there, there may be times in the scriptures, and by the way, Jesus referenced 49 different Old Testament verses. The Apostle Paul quotes or paraphrases 100 of them, and if you believe that Paul authored the book of Hebrews, you can tack on an additional 83 to that. So there's a referencing of the scriptures, of the Old Testament scriptures and the New. We need to know the scriptures, and can I say it this way to you? The Holy Spirit can only draw from you what has been put into you of the scriptures. Like there's times, you guys, for me, like it just happened in the last week or two where somebody had asked me something and immediately I did, I'm not usually good with verses, but I, I know the chapters and I'll just say, you know what, if you go to Romans chapter such and such, and, I, and later I thought, how did I know that? And it wasn't because the Holy Spirit was like putting it in my mind because I'd never knew it. It was because it had been tucked in there over the years so he could draw it out. So one of the great reasons to be in the scriptures is the more that you get the word of God in you, the more the Holy Spirit has to work with. Are you following me in that? And so be a person of the word, all right? Like I said to you before, the Holy Spirit will never ask you to do something that's not grounded in the scriptures. But when you open your Bible, you know, when you open your Bible to read it, to read it do you just read it as a textbook, like an academic religious studies or do you realize that I think if, and I'm teasing, kind of, but if we could put on spiritual glasses and just kind of drop them down, I think this thing would have pores like our skin does because it's alive. The Bible says it's a living word. This is not just a static thing that sits here. It's a living, breathing thing that the Holy Spirit inspired. The same spirit that lives in you wants to speak to you through it. Don't ever just make this an academic study. Make this a living word where God wants to take and speak to you. Now, for, for just wisdom, just always know the context in the scriptures is king. You always have to first interpret the scriptures through the context that the first hearers heard it in. That always keeps you safe. But know that there's a secondary truth that can come from it. For example, you know in the Old Testament, we, you know, we hear this maybe around Easter time, it says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Who, who's that being talked about? Jesus. It's Jesus, all right? However, there's also a principle that many of us have watched over the years that when a shepherd gets struck down because of sin or whatever case, the sheep tend to scatter. So no, there's always the starting point. Always, always the starting point is the context of Scripture. But just know there are principles from it that God may also want to speak to you and teach you. Okay? But it never is something that violates the original context. Okay? Make sense? So that's the way that God speaks. So if you, instead of just kind of, well, I'm going to learn the Bible... Approach the scriptures in the morning with your question, God, what do you want to say to me today as I have my reading? All right? And pay attention to what the Holy Spirit highlights for you as you read. Is there conviction of sin? Is there affirmation of something you're living in your life? Is there encouragement? Is there instruction? What's there that the Spirit of God is saying, you need to know this today in light of what you're running into? All right? Here's a second one. Through Holy Spirit impressions. Okay? Impressions of the Holy Spirit. Now, Isaiah 30 says this, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Again, here's this, just the nudgings of the Spirit. You know this, these two stories too from Acts 8. When Philip heard these 
One, two, three, four, five very unspiritual words. Go up to the chariot. That's all he heard. He didn't say, go up thou to the chariot, for I am going to use the gift of evangelism I has placed within thee so that thou might you know, bring the Ethiopian to Jesus. He, did, he just said, go up to the chariot. And sometimes God does that with us. He doesn't explain it, but the thing that's interesting about that story is the Holy Spirit who put the gift of evangelism in Peter, because he's called later Philip the Evangelist, knew that all I got to do is get him up there and out's going to come that evangelism gift. One of the things you need to realize is trust the Lord that when he positions you somewhere, don't be insecure about it. Recognize if he's positioned you there, there's something you have inside that he wants to pour out from you. All right, impressions from the Holy Spirit. Uh, I would categorize this under the story that I told you about the, the two ladies in that class. I literally, and usually God doesn't put me on the spot in front of people like that. But there's t- that's an impression. I just got that and I needed to pause. And I needed to say, okay, God, here we go. But there's times we have to learn that God just gives us impressions. And you don't know unless you step out. I, sh- I shared yesterday, and I'm not going to go into the whole story, but of a, I was on a walk two years ago. And on this walk, I walked past this woman and her college daughter. And I felt like the Lord say, I want you when you come back up the street to stop and speak to them. And I did. And it was a very powerful encounter of what God did. I just, I just obeyed. And you guys, you don't know until you step out. So if you're sitting in a coffee shop and you keep being drawn to this person, not because they're fine looking or because they have the Minnesota Viking shirt on, you know, no, I'm not, I'm just, but there's this draw, there's this draw to them and you keep saying, God, like, why do I keep paying attention to them? Just say, is there something you're trying to do here, Lord? Because I have done that in a coffee shop where I've gone over to someone and said, look, my name's Dave. I just want I know you've been sitting here the last two hours working. I have two. I'm a follower of Jesus. And sometimes the Lord just puts some things on my heart. And I, I just, I just want to throw it out there to you. I've got friends who love doing this with waitresses and waiters. I mean, they literally go in, God, what do you want to say? And by the time they get in there and they're eating and the waiter or waitress, they've trusted the God, whoever it was. And they said, hey, we've been praying for you before we even got in here. And the person drops the plates. And when they share with them something and they minister to them at their table, guys, he's the living word. And God, like, you know, because you gave your life to Jesus. When he just goes, all it takes is God going, into someone's soul, it can change their destiny. And I don't mean just getting saved, them obeying God in their lives. And here's the beauty. He wants to partner with you. He wants to partner with me. All right? Start paying attention to those little things like, hey, Dave, make sure you get fuel tonight for your home. Start paying attention to those impressions because they might be God. All right? With me so far? Okay, here's the next one, through waiting on God. Waiting on God. Now, let me give you a couple categories here that we see in Scripture because they're waiting on God plus or waiting on God doing something. The first one we see is waiting on God in prayer. All right, it's like Cheryl and I with our prayer retreats. Waiting on God in prayer. Luke 6, Jesus went up into the mountain to pray and all night he continued in prayer to God and he comes down and chooses the 12. He waited on God in prayer before he selected his 12. There's also waiting on God in prayer with fasting, all right? Waiting on God in prayer with fasting. Nehemiah, we see this. He said, I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Fasting and prayer. Then there's waiting on God in worship. Do you know the whole missions movement was birthed out of waiting on God in worship? 
It tells us in Acts chapter 13, 1 to 3, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul. All right? And so there's waiting on God. And, and what that means is, is just sitting quietly before him. Like most of us don't know how to quiet our hearts. It, the world just screams so loudly. There's times I like listening to sports radio in my 12-minute drive to work, you know, from where our home is to office when I go into the office. And I like listening to that. But there's sometimes I just kind of feel like the Lord's saying, I'm, there's something I want to say here. I got to learn to quick click the mute button. And, and it's cultivating. It, it, you guys, just, just remember this. So you've heard someone say it to you. As you're trying to learn to hear the voice of God, this doesn't mean you become super spiritual. Okay? No, no, don't talk to me now for God speaking to me. No, don't be that way. <laughs> Jesus was supernaturally natural, and that's why people were drawn to him. So don't, don't, because I know people like this, and, and everybody kind of goes, yeah, I love them, and sometimes it gets really right, but they're just weird. Don't be a weird Jesus follower, okay? Because the world needs to see people they can touch and taste and experience. But, but here's the cool thing. The living God, the, the one who rose from the dead lives in you, and he can break out of you at any point in time to touch a life. See, that's worth getting up for in the morning. So let me just keep rolling. All right, so the, here's the next one. Through the peace of God. Through the peace of God. This is a big one for Cheryl and I. So, so let me just tell you, there's a several places here I'll read to you. One is Colossians 3.15. It says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, the word rule there is the same word out of Greek that we get for the baseball word umpire. Safe or out. So Cheryl and I have an agreement that if we don't have peace about it, we don't do it. So if we don't hear the Lord going safe, it means right now it's out. All right? And so here's the thing. Think of how many times in your life you didn't have a piece about something, but you did it anyway. And then later you went, what an idiot. Why did I do that? It's because the Holy Spirit was, was let me flip it, he was fussing you up on the inside. Whenever I feel fussed up on the inside, I know, okay, something's not right. It's not just bad pizza. Something's not right. And learn to think of it that way. Something's off. And some of you have the gift of discernment. And you very quickly, something's off. I don't know what it is, but something's off. Okay, my wife can be that way. I don't know what it is, honey, but something just feels off today. Usually she's spot on. She might not have known what it was, but then when it's there, she says, that's what it was. Pay attention when you, like if you're applying to a university and I got this one or I got this one. If, If every time you go, oh, I love the uniforms of the football team. I want to go, there, but you don't have a piece about it. Don't, don't do it. There's also this portion here I want you to know of Acts 15, 28 and 29. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay, hand, or, um, to lay on you no greater burden. And he goes on and describes it. But it was like it seemed good to us, the group and the Holy Spirit. It was because they had a peace together. There was a sense of peace. And so that's one of the things I want you to, to pay attention to. And it's as, you, as you're hearing, there's a cultivating thing going on on your insides where you're paying attention in the middle of the day, not just in your quiet time. Some of us have quiet times and it's like, Jesus, now you just stay on the couch here. I'll be back with you in 24 hours. That's not what our walk with the Lord is about. You're supposed to be a dangerous man and a dangerous woman because the Holy Spirit can break out of you at any time. That's how we're supposed to live. Now, you don't come across that way, but internally the enemy knows, "Uh uh-oh, because when you go walking into Walmart and lady crying on aisle five, 
Most of us go, drama, I'm out of here. But what if the Holy Spirit's saying, I want you to go check in with that woman? Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Now, that doesn't mean you become the need meter of every need in your life. That's penalty flag. That's works. That's just trying to please God. You don't have to please him. He's already, you're already well pleased in his eyes. You do it because you love him and out of obedience. Okay? Let me show you the next one. Through people. Surprise, right? But let, let me give you a couple categories. First of all is through family. Exodus 18, God used Moses' father-in-law. How's that for the will of God? All right? God used <laughs> Moses' father-in-law to speak to him. Um, we've got spiritual leaders is another group of people. You look at, for example, Joshua as he instructed the children of Israel how they're going to take the land. So God will use our family. He'll use spiritual leaders. He'll use other believers in our lives. When we look at um, Acts chapter 11, we see how God brings in a, a, a man named Agabus and God used other believers to speak. Like, like when you're listening to, like when I'm with Cheryl, Darren, and Sonia on Wednesday mornings uh, when we're together as staff, I try to not just listen to Sonia or Darren or Cheryl because they all have good wisdom because they've been seasoned in the Lord, but I try to listen to Jesus speaking through them. And it might just been, maybe there was this one little thing Darren said, two little things uh, Sonia said, and three little things on that day Cheryl said. And I'm just going, okay, this is, I'm hearing something here. Like, do you purposely listen to your team, listen to your spouse? Yesterday I said your spouse is the loudest voice of God in your life next to, next to God. It's not your pastor. It's not Billy Graham. It's your spouse. They're the loudest voice of God in your life. Do you listen to them like that? Or it's like, whatever. We can become so familiar, whatever, there you go again, off on your hobby horse. Well, what if it's God saying, that's my horse, ride it? Okay? Sometimes God uses unbelievers to speak to us. Can you hear the voice of God trying to use an unbeliever to get your attention? Okay? Through circumstances. Through circumstances. Acts chapter 16 Verses 6 and 10, this is that story of Paul going into the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And it says he's forbidden by the Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And then there's they're going to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them until at night he has a vision, the man of Macedonia, and then they conclude God's called us to be there. There'll be times, you guys, that God opens and closes doors. But let me just say something so we're clear. An open door does not mean you're supposed to walk through it, and a closed door does not mean you walk away from it. Otherwise, the gospel would not go to nations that don't want Jesus. It's about obedience. So if a door is open, like I had a door years ago. This is my first lesson on this in my early to mid-20s. An open door to go to Korea. We got your air ticket paid for. Would you go speak at this? And I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I'm open. Do you want me to go? And the Lord said, no, this is not what I have for you right now. Yeah, but I got the invite. I got the air ticket paid for? Is this not the will of God? No. So you guys, here's the thing I've learned about circumstances. Circumstances, it has to be an open door plus usually one of these other things. An open door plus peace. Open door plus the Lord spoke to me through scripture. An open door plus the Lord spoke to me through wait, while well, I waited on him. And so when you have a circumstance, ask the Lord about it. And if a door is closed to you, don't assume you're supposed to walk away. Say, God, what do you want me to do standing at this closed door? Because he might say, I want you to pray, and, it, and you might not know it's going to take the next 10 years, but I want you to pray till that door opens. But you might be the only one he's asked you to do that assignment. Stay faithful. Make sense? Okay. 
Let's look at our last one here. Is through supernatural means. And I'll just give you a few random ones here in Scripture. Uh, the audible voice of God. Acts 9, Paul, on the road to Damascus, heard the audible voice of God. Uh, through visions and dreams. Think of, again, we had Acts 16 there. Um, Paul, road uh, to going to Macedonia. But how about uh, Mary and Joseph? All right, Joseph has a dream. Hey, take, take your bride and the baby out of the area here and into Egypt. All right, uh, angelic visitations. All right, uh, Peter, would you, is that not going to be a fun DVR thing to watch when we get to heaven about here's Peter sleeping in jail? And, Come on, big guy, get up. You know, trying to get him out of jail in the book of Acts. Um, however God chooses. Like we know there's the donkey. Like it'd be like driving your car when the steering wheel suddenly becomes lips and tells you something. All right. The donkey speaks to Balaam. Or we have, you know, the sudden hand writing the doom on the wall in Daniel. So the idea is we just have to understand God can speak to us any way he wants. All right. So I, I want to just submit these things to you. And, and let me give you a couple practical things. And then let's take the last 15 minutes here for questions. So testing what you're hearing. Here's some things. Does it align with the scriptures? Does it align with God's character and ways? Again, the Holy Spirit who inspired the scriptures and is also leading you is not going to ask you to do something that's out of line with the scriptures. Okay? Does it bear witness to you, to those you walk with, and to your spiritual leaders? That's a good test. Relationally. Hey, I'm hearing from this. I, I kind of wondering, is this right? And go to your, you know, people who walk with you in everyday life. And then also go to spiritual leaders because God's given them some covering place in your life to have them pray with you on this. Um, does grace, faith, and courage accompany it? Whenever I sense it's God, those are three things that I find. There's a grace. I find this, okay, I've got a grace to do this. There's faith, that not an emotional high, but a sense of big faith. Okay, I'm going to trust you for this. And there's the courage to step into it. When I'm asked to do something and I find these things aren't there, it causes pause to say, okay, God, is this really you? And the last one, I just call it the triple confirmation. Uh, so, I, you know, think of the three-legged stool. You're always safe when you pay attention. Is this scriptural? Is this the Holy Spirit within me? And then the guidance and counsel of, of godly people. It's kind of the triple confirmation for you. And last piece here, and again, all this is in the Discipleship Journey, Chapter 5. A few practical helps. Don't make it complicated. Okay? Don't make it complicated. Just learn to listen. Begin to cultivate it. All right? God desires to speak to you. Always allow God to speak to you in the way he chooses. Don't, you don't have to be, okay, Lord, like Gideon, you know, I'm going to set out the mat here if it's wet in the morning, then I'll know you want me to take the job. You know, Let God speak to you in the way that he wants to because he may want to show you new pieces of himself and how he speaks to you. So just pay attention. All right? I said this one to you early, God's time, earlier. God's timing is just as important as his direction. And that's something that's really important. Cheryl, my wife... In January, February, March, somewhere in those three months of 1979, felt like she heard the Lord say to her that she would be marrying me. We, married, we got engaged in April of 82, two and a half years later. We got married in December of 82. By that point in time, we're talking almost four years. But did I do the math wrong there? Anyway, it was a while. Had Cheryl come to me during that time and said, I think I'm supposed to marry you, I'd look at her and said, you are such a beautiful woman, but I haven't heard that. You're scaring me. <laughs> but when I proposed to her, she could look me in the eyes and say, I want you to know I've prayed about this. I know it's right. Yes. Okay? God's timing 
of, of, of what we say when we do stuff is just as important as his direction. Some of you, particularly those of you younger, you're getting visions and things of God. No, I don't mean visions out there, just vi the way you see it, vision for doing things. Do you realize God may be giving that to you now so you can begin to bake that thing in prayer for the next decade or two? We make the assumption that because God's giving it to us now, it means I'm supposed to go do it now. Just ask the Lord, God, what do you, is this a thing I do now? All right? And here's the last thing I want to say on this. If lost, like if you get lost in your way, like, oh, where's God? What, what am I doing? Obey the last thing he showed you to do. And it's like a chiropractic adjustment. And it kind of aligns you again. So when you've lost your way, and some of you today maybe have, you've lost your way. What am I supposed to be doing? Like, what is God? Go back to the last thing you know he said. It could be mending a relationship. It could be taking a step of faith. It could be A to Z. But if you do that, it, God in his mercy for us kind of rightly aligns some things for us. Okay? So we've got 10 minutes. Can you go to the previous screen? Go to the previous screen? Sure. Whoops. <laughs> Maybe I'm not capable of that. All right? All right. Is this helpful? That was kind of a mumble. Yes. All right. So I want to share this with you because this is something we should be discipling people in. Again, if you don't know how to do this, can I encourage you? I'm not trying to, to hawk product. I'm just telling you this is a core piece of our faith. Chapter 5 of Discipleship Journey. You know, this, it, it, takes, it takes and makes us all very practical. And it's over a period of a month helping someone marinate in this and helping them learn to hear the, hear the voice of God. Okay? Questions? Yes, sir. Oh. <laughs> that was more of a statement. Just move out of the way, would you? Oh, you're welcome. Questions? Any questions? Diana? Yeah, Keith's going, thanks, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, you guys. So, so for those, do you have any pastors in the room? Okay, for those that are pastors, one of the things that I like to do at weddings is I always ask the couple about, you know, sometime during the prep time is I'll say, would, would you be okay if during the ceremony, after I pronounce you husband and wife, like maybe after you have communion, could I take five to seven minutes and would you allow me to wait on the Lord about, because when I see a marriage, I see there's three relationships now. There's the husband, there's the wife, there's the couple. And I'm asking the, God, the Lord uh, just a little slice about your couple calling. And so on their wedding day, I have the privilege of just for a few minutes sowing in a thought that I'd been waiting on the Lord about during their engagement. And it's, um, and it's so, thank you, Diana, for sharing that. I think Keith had told me that too. It's like, it's always fun for me to hear years later when people say, man, what you shared that day, it's God wove it into our lives. That, thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. And see, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. And you don't know until you do it. You just, and you guys, that's part of it. Because remember, it's called the Christian faith. Not like Christian religion. I don't mean it in the religion kind, but but our whole thing is a walk of faith, and so some of that means you have to kind of step out, you know, to learn along the way. So that I applaud you for that. That's awesome. That's the only way that I learn is I've had to learn to step out. And the the nice thing is, and, and I know this is a weak way of saying it. I acknowledge that, but I don't know how else to say it. Once the Lord shows you something on the inside, and it was confirmed that it was exactly right, pay attention to what it feels like on the inside. I don't know how else to say it, but spiritually, what did that feel like? Because the next time that comes, it'll, it'll cause you to go, oh, hold it. I remember last time, now it might be something completely different, but, but you have a sense. and Ah, what's that? Does that make sense? So pay attention to that. That's how you learn to muscle up 
in that area and you just become a little bit more alert when the Lord may have something to speak through you or to say to you. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Or not. You know, yeah, that's a great question. So like, for example, we, and I'll just pick on Cheryl and Darren and Sonia and I. So Cheryl's my wife. I think she went down to the product table, so she's not in here anymore. But so Cheryl's kind of gentle, quiet. She's, a, she's an artist. She paints. And um, she's got good discerners and good wisdom. Um, Darren back there, kind of steady, faithful, could you know, run all kinds of organizations. And he just has a good handle both on people, strategy, and practical stuff. And so he's a great mix, and that's kind of how he thinks. Sonia has been in lots of situations in the world. She's been in the media. She's good in her communication. She's got a few stronger opinions, and, uh, and so do I. And so when we, the four of us have conversation, what I'm looking for is not, does Sonia have a strong opinion or a light opinion, or does Darren have a strong What I'm looking for is what pieces of Sonia saying, Darren, Cheryl, that may be the Lord. So it neutralizes in other words, it's not I'm looking, I know how it will come through Sonia most of the time, how it will come through Darren, how it will come through Cheryl, or they know how it will come through me. But I'm not getting bogged down in the personalities. I'm learning to, like, here's what it might be. Sonia said that, that sounded louder. Like today I know I was speaking to men and women, younger, older, so the way that I will do that is I, um, you'll notice I illustrate things a lot because illustrations level the playing field. Particularly if I'm not just like, well, do you remember Leave It to Beaver? You know, that's obviously I'm isolating certain people. But if I can do um, illustrations that help people understand, that's kind of how I do it. But when, when you're training people to hear the voice of God, I don't skip their personalities. I recognize their personalities. So it, I know how it will come out, you know, when they share it. And I can, I can receive it through their personality. But the thing we have to realize is it's training people internally to learn to be sensitive to God. And how it comes out, that's great. It's going to come out through you as a package in a wonderful way because it's how God made you. But it'll be different than me. I'm not concerned about that. I've learned how to receive things from the Lord through different packages. Um, sometimes, have you noticed, some of the packages are easier to receive from than others. All right? But that's where you have to realize, like even, like I, I had to walk through a very difficult season years ago with somebody who was very prophetically gifted. Now, if you don't know what I mean by that, they saw things very black and white. Uh, they were very strong, but because some of the character of God and heart issues weren't in place, what they saw, I think, was fairly close, but it would always come out really harsh. Like, like what's your name? Edward. Edward. So it so would be like this, hey, Edward, you need to get it together. Otherwise, if you don't, God's going to deal with you. Well, like, wow, that was really edifying, you know? <laughs> and, and, but the person didn't, they weren't capable of saying, hey, Edward, I was praying for you. And I just want to encourage you, you know that thing God's been dealing with? It Keep going there. I just want to encourage you. Can I pray for you in that? That's, a, that's two different approaches. And that's why I'm saying how you see God, like if you see God as a harsh meanie in heaven, guess how your stuff's going to come out of you? Okay? You know, how you have cultivate hearing. Is your heart clean? Because sometimes we can, like I acknowledge this is me, guys. I can hear something from God, but then I can push it through my own lens. So I got to make sure my heart's clean and that I don't add. Here's the other problem is we hear from God, but then we add on to it. So I've had to learn over the years to say, look, this is what I heard from the Lord. Well, do you think that? I don't know. I, I don't know. This is all I've heard. So I'm just going to leave that there. Because we can easily say, well, the Lord said, and then we start deducting. Well, and so therefore I think, and that's where it's penalty flag. All right. That's where we can't be. 
Yeah, walk in lots of humility in this area. In other words, here's what I mean by humility. I know there's a possibility I could have got it wrong versus an arrogance. No, no, you shut up. I got it. Well, it's God. Oh, well, the way you said it to me, they're really bear witness to that. All right. See, it's like, so just walk in humility, little hands up and open, because I know that part of it might actually be God, but part of it might just be Dave. And you know what? That's going to happen the rest of your life because you're trapped in this for now. But that's why sometimes I need others. So I need to, in decisions I pray about, it's like I always go to my wife, but then I also go to my friends and people around me and say, hey, can I just, am I hearing right here? And sometimes someone will look at me and say, Dave, I think what you're hearing is right, but I just want you to know, I think the timing's off. Really? That's what Cheryl said. <laughs> you know, thank you for being, and you know, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three, something will be confirmed. So I, when I look for confirmations, I tend to look for twos and threes. It's like this, if I hear the Lord saying this to me, I look for two or three things that the Lord will use to confirm it to me, which can come in myriads of different ways. All right, I got one more question and then I got to be done. So, so come see me after. We're going through the discipleship journey with our girls, just, we have twin girls, just turned 12. Nice. Um, Where do you live? Denver. Nice. North Denver. Okay. Um, but with that being said, I think that we try to break it down to doing one chapter a month. Uh -huh. But even then, it's still too much. Do you have any suggestions or tips to... Take your time. Like I had one group in Delaware said, Hey, Dave, we love your manual. Awesome. Where, what chapter? You know, we're in chapter six. Wow, when did you start? Six years ago. <laughs> and I, I said to him, What? Are you kidding me? He said, No. He said, like, we just kind of take a chapter and spend as long as we need to. And I said, Well, if that's working, man, go. <laughs> All right. The reason we say a year is because um, it's 12 chapters, four, four weeks, or yeah, four weeks on a chapter. And part of the idea is go through that and then start discipling somebody with it as you go through it a second time. Because then you're learning still as you're pouring into others. But just don't worry about it. Just take your time. And by the way, so you guys know, we are working on a project. We're not sure when it's going to be done. But um, it's our children's edition of Discipleship Journey for kids 6 to 10. So that as you're going through this, um, instead of like a chapter or a portion being maybe six to eight pages, it's two. And we're creating two little characters. I don't have them here to show you now for the animation piece of it. Um, those of us that use this, we shorten it from a discipleship journey to ADJ, ADJ. And so AD is our little girl and J is the boy. And so they are two, our two little animated characters in it. So we're not sure when it's going to be done. Um, if you want to know more about that, see Darren. He can tell you a little bit more about it. And um, she's not. She's not doing the artwork because that's not what she does. But if you if you are interested, my son's nine and a half. He's six months to finish. Okay, so there we have that. The Lord just told me. Oh, the Lord just told you. So Darren, did you? So the Lord must have you writing us a hundred thousand dollar check, huh, Darren? We got it. All right. All right. Hey, you guys, let me just say this. Thank you for being here. Well, there you have it. That was Dave Beering for our number two most played podcast. I hope that you enjoyed that episode the same way that I did. 
Tomorrow, I'm going to be dropping our number one most played podcast episode, so make sure you are aware of that. Make sure you listen through that one. It's going to be great. And um, as always, thank you so much for being a listener of the Disciple Makers podcast. And don't forget to check that link in the show notes if you would like to purchase the Digital Access Pass to watch the 2021 National Disciple Making Forum. All right, y'all. Hope you have a great day. I'll see you on the next episode. Oh,